of Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast. I am your sister host, Elizabeth Connor. I'm your brother host, Thomas Dempsey. And Thomas, what's up? Well, it's been the end of a long day, long day of deliveries, Mm -hmm. and I don't know. I'm just ready to lay here, think about stuff I read, think about stuff I hadn't read, think about stuff I should have been reading, (laughs) think about pizza. We got Marcos for dinner. It was good. Oh, good. We actually, we had a Papa John's for like a late, like a late lunch, early dinner situation. Yeah, yeah. They're, They're fairly similar. I think maybe you you could call Papa John's a little bit more high rent, but uh, I think Marco's has that sort of local chain vibe. Yeah. Helps it out. Mm Mm-hmm. And what you been up to recently? Um, I had like my first full week of work (laughs) this past week. Okay. Um, well, did I? Yes. Uh, because, let's see here. So, we've gotten snow two weekends in a row. Yeah. But, I mean, like, you know. We we did as well, though not this current present weekend. Uh, I know y'all got some this, like, the other day, but we only had, like, a small flurry. Yeah, it snowed overnight, um, like, Friday into Sunday, like, Friday into Saturday. So, when we got up Saturday morning, we had, we had about, like, an inch or two. Of snow on the grass. That's cool. Uh, but it was pretty much all gone by like lunchtime. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, that's how it goes. Like they can't all be big old winter blizzards, what have you. Yeah, and that's fine. We don't want them to be. Um, right. Yeah. 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 But not this. But like uh, sort of a timeline here. We recorded our last episode the day before uh, it started snowing. And, uh, we, we both managed to like meet up in Columbia for uh, lunch that day and then, um, started snowing that night. And then we were pretty much up, uh, in Greenville. We were pretty much hidebound for two days waiting for conditions to improve. Golly, I think y'all didn't really ago? get any that time, didn't you? Oh, that time, that weekend, we didn't get any snow. The, the, the weekend where we met you in columbia yeah we didn't get any snow that weekend but we got snow the next weekend um and like that friday before so like we had martin luther king day on monday and then the friday after martin luther king day um we had an e-learning day so like we didn't go to school but like the kids still had to like do school work on their e-learning platforms right um and then even and because originally it was predicted that like we would get you know like snow flurries and ice and stuff like earlier in the day like around lunchtime and of course it just kept getting put off and kept getting put off and I don't think it actually started until like I don't know 11 11 o'clock that night midnight something like that okay and then Elizabeth yeah I don't mean to I don't mean to be brusque or uh presumptive but as far as like intriguing podcast subject matter goes we are literally talking about the weather (laughs) and we kind of have been for the last three minutes so can we please stop (laughs) okay okay so uh what else has been going on i just gotta say this it's just snow doesn't happen here so it's a big deal no okay okay that's fair. Yeah, especially y- y'all's way. Yeah, because we get hurricanes. We don't get snow. Yeah. All right, but, but uh, we can move on. We can move along. Um, okay. Let's see here. I was a close contact for COVID. Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's true. Because my younger and, stepson uh, I, and I his mom. I tested negative for it. Yeah, my younger stepson and his mom tested positive, and I was a close contact with him. Uh, but I ended up testing positive, or testing negative. I'm sorry. I tested negative. Yeah. So. How long did you have to wait for your test? Uh, two days. I had to wait eight. 
Yeah, that's ridiculous. Which, granted, I got it from like a uh, like an old van in the back of a parking lot, <laughs> basically. But uh, yeah, I, so if you went to, I imagine if you went to a pharmacy or someplace like that, they probably had a quicker turnaround. Well, my school district has some kind of grant, like through DHEC. So they provide free testing for faculty, staff, and students. Okay. Yeah, no, that checks out. So, like, yeah. Because, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, I got my but test anyway, on a Friday. So... I got my test on a Monday afternoon. And then I got a text message at 6 a.m. on Wednesday saying that my results were negative. Right. That's That's good. That's a good rate. Yeah, so I got the so I got my uh, negative test, got the booster shot. Uh, didn't really have much of a fallout from that. I've had friends who have had some ad, not adverse, I guess you'd just strong reactions to the booster. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, one who I think got it from a different make or a, a different brand. Yeah. So I don't know if that has any influence on it, but I also know mom and dad. Had a rough time with their boosters. So, uh, but we're all over it now. Yeah, my older stepson had a hard time with his booster, too. Yeah. Yeah, well. But, uh, yep, I'm feeling fairly good now. I've been having some, uh, some rough mornings as of late. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the other day I woke up with this really bad Charlie horse. Like, I couldn't even bend my foot up. And, uh, I don't know if it was like a dehydration thing or whatever, but I'm trying to drink more water around bedtime these days. Mm Mm-hmm. But, uh, then of course that gets me up to the bathroom, yeah, like at various times. And now now also Feisty has been a lot more assertive in getting me up in the mornings. Yeah. So I've been having to, uh. Let her out around like seven, seven thirty thereabouts, and then try and get as much sleep in as I can before I have to start getting ready for work. Right. Right. And uh, I suppose I could take that time to just do more productive stuff like reading or whatnot, but that's what nighttime is for. <laughs> yeah. Day t- morning is for sleep. <laughs> Midnight to. 2 slash 3 a.m. is for reading. Yeah, I, I feel you. Slash playing video games. Speaking of video games, uh, and speaking of the reason I'm going to lose yet another reading competition. Oh, no. Uh, I started up <laughs> I started up the new Pokemon the other day. Oh, cool. They've, they've come out with a new open world style Pokemon game. Where uh, it's a lot more like action oriented, mm-hmm. and the web is all a buzz. It's being pretty well received on all accounts, and uh, I've certainly been enjoying it. And uh, yeah, we'll just see how that goes. I feel like the the worst kind of a game you can have is just like to interfere with like other recreation. Is just the sort of thing that's like easy to pick up and put down in the way that something like reading would be. Yeah. And I'm afraid this might be that kind of game, so we'll just have to see how it goes. Okay. I really love Pokemon, so I'll have to look into it. Like for my. Yeah, it, it's it's got some of the D, it's got some of the DNA of the old-fashioned ones. So. Uh, I can't say for certain. At the very least, I could let you borrow my copy to get a feel for it. Okay. But yeah, uh, I get, I got Elizabeth a uh, Switch Lite for Christmas, and uh, in a sort of backhanded scheme to maybe throw her off her rhythm this year. But <laughs> it doesn't sound like it's been all that effective. <laughs> but uh, if you is there anything else you want to touch on before we get into the book talk? Uh, well, you know, you talked about games that can like detract from your, from, from reading. Um, yes, this is going to sound real dumb, but I've, I've discovered, okay. So like, I really love bingo. Bingo? Like I really love bingo and there are bingo like games for your phone. 
And I, I am ashamed the, to say that I have spent entirely too much time this past week playing bingo. The, the game where numbers <laughs> are called out. Yeah. And the game is whether or not your numbers get called out. Yeah. So you've basically been playing no stakes lottery then. But like, I'm not betting any money because I don't, you know. Exactly. It's just I'm wasting time. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> I mean, what? That's what else are we doing? Because like, there's this one, you know, it's like it's got like the main part of the game, and then it's got all these like, like. I don't know, side adventures or like side games or like games within the game or whatever. And anyway, next thing I know, okay. I'm on like level 38. Okay, so it sounds like there's a, a, a deeper element to it than just having a card and having the numbers match the card. Uh, yes and no. Okay. Well, that, that, that sounds interesting then. Yeah. But, uh,. Gotta say, though, it's kind of interesting, all this video game talk. You'd almost swear that we were teeing our listeners up for some kind of video game-related discussion. Hmm. Suspicious. Yeah. Yes. But uh, I'm, I'm sure we've got other books we can be talking about before that. Yeah. Yep. I've got one. Okay. And uh, I don't want to say that the book that uh was assigned to a for our challenge this week in any way put me off reading other things but uh i don't know i just i just feel like i've sort of like ran into a bit of a wall there for a minute so uh hopefully the next couple of weeks i'll be able to get my groove back mm-hmm. but uh, at any rate uh the book i read past couple weeks was called um neuromancer by william gibson mm -hmm. it is the first book in a trilogy of books that culminated with mona lisa overdrive which i read and talked about a bit last year so it's sort of the prototypical um cyberpunk uh book series yeah where uh you've got like dudes who are hacking in and got like ports and stuff and their like senses and such and then there's like a lady with knives in her fingers oh and she's yeah and she's like uh like a hardcore sort of soldier dude who's got like senses and whatnot mm -hmm. i don't know it's all sort of it's basically it sounds kind of vague to describe it because it's gone on to influence so much of like what cyberpunk is yeah. That it just sort of sounds like you're just sort of picking stuff out of the ether. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's my first time reading it, and uh, it's pretty good. I'm not sure that if I enjoyed it as much as the uh, other book that I read of it, mm -hmm. of that series, just because, it, obviously, it's an earlier book, and I feel like maybe as William Gibson went on, he sort of came to have a stronger grasp of writing action uh specifically because like his character writing and the uh just sort of general like interest in world building and philosophizing is all well and good mm -hmm. uh, in this book but just as far as like the plot machinations and such and like drawing us along on that thread it uh didn't quite do it for me as well as the other one. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I still enjoyed it. And uh, I'm definitely going to be checking out more of his stuff going forward. Okay. But once again, that was uh, Neuro Neuromancer by uh, William Gibson. What, uh, what all other books did you read? First of all, whenever you say Neuromancer, like, in my yeah. head, I automatically change it to Necromancer. And yeah, then that... And then that makes me change it in my brain to a book that I read in grad school called Hold Me Closer, Tiny Necromancer. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> and like it was a, you know, I think it was a trilogy. Uh, and each each title was a, a you know, like a spinoff of a song. And they would just change, you know, one of the words in the song to be Necromancer or something. Okay. Anyway. 
Um, so in addition to the book for our challenge this week, uh, I read 14 books. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, have you seen that Simpsons gif of like the kid crying? It's like, he's already dead. <laughs> Oh, well. I finished two so series. Okay. One of them was the Ice Barbarian series. So I have read yeah, all which... 22 books of that series. Okay. And I got to so tell you. For at least, huh? That accounts for at least half of those books then. Um, yeah. And, I, I, and I'm officially stepping away from, from this author for like at least a month. The month of February, okay. I'm stepping away because I, I, you know, I got to like, like I knew going into it, I knew there were 22 books in this particular series. Now there's also like three short stories and I have not read those. Um, I, they're not necessarily, they're not necessary to the plot. They're just kind of like slice of life vignettes with some yeah. of the characters. So anyway, I knew going into into you know this that there were 22 books in this series and then i got to like book 16 or 17 i can't really remember which one i got to book like 16 or 17 and a spaceship shows up and boom we get 20 more characters introduced oh boy and i'm sitting here going this book i'm like this series has 22 books and now we're getting to the end of the series and you're introducing 20 new characters. What are you doing? So I did some research. <laughs> and it turns out that she has written a spin-off series. Which is an additional 15 books. Okay. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I really, like, I like this universe. I like these characters. I like so much about the series. But I'm like, I need a month before I commit at before I commit to another to a 15 book series okay so I'm taking a month off but I finished sure. the ice barbarian series and it was really good now is it complete or is that just all the books that have been written up till now nope it is complete it is done the 22 books in the ice barbarian series um, no no more will be written uh, the spin-off series I'm not sure if it is still ongoing. Because the series that I just finished is the Ice Barbarian series. And the spinoff series is called the Ice Home series. And okay. the Ice Home, like, there are char like characters from the Ice Barbarian series, like, appear in the Ice Home series. But the Ice Home series primarily focuses on the 20 new characters that have been introduced. Right. Okay. And I'm not sure if it's so, ongoing or if it is also complete. Right. So, uh, so that's uh, one chunk of reading you got done. Um, um, what else have you been up to? So the other series that I read is only like five books. And I guess it's more like five novellas. Because each sure. one was like a hundred pages-ish. Yeah. Okay. Except for the last one. The last one was like 120 or so, maybe 150. Sure. Um, but a lot of stuff happened. Now, before I talk about this, I have a question. Uh, yeah. This series has a curse word in it. Oh, and like in the title? Like in the title. Okay. So, so should I just like, you know, edit that? Yeah, well, here, just say it here, and then uh, we'll, I'll decide, or we'll decide whether or not. Okay. So, uh, the five books in this, or the five novellas, I guess, for this new series I read, uh, the series is called the Mind F series, and yes, F stands for what you think it does. Um, and it what? is by S.T. Abbey. And, and the whole premise of the series is basically... Uh, it follows the main character, Lana. Lana is a serial killer. Sure. And Lana meets and falls in love with 
an FBI profiler who just so happens to be working her murders. Okay. It's kind of a uh, dexter vibe then. Yeah. So... You know, so anyway, like, the the book or the series is about, like, Lana... Because Lana is killing for a purpose, okay? And, like, kind of once she fulfills her purpose, she's not really sure what she's going to do after that. But, you know, she's, she does, she's not just, like, killing random people um, right. for the most part. She, you know, okay. she has very specific victims. Everything is well-planned. All this stuff. And, and it's because of a a awful occurrence, something that terrible happened to her when she was 16, like terrible happened to her. And so anyway, she is attacking the people who were involved in that event. Um, and so her boyfriend is, uh, SSA Logan Bennett, and he's an FBI profiler. And it's just kind of funny because like the whole time he's trying to profile, the killer for these murders and you know us the reader we're like wow you are really off base dude like for the most part yeah but it's it's a really good it's a really good series i i also really enjoyed that it's got it should yeah, be a netflix a- show like netflix needs to go ahead and buy the rights i imagine they'd have to change the title yeah I mean, they don't or, have or to. Or do like one of those things where, uh, like, the title is obscured. Right. I feel like they've had shows like that before. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but, I mean, uh, like this, the the book could very easily easily be adapted into a TV show, and I think it should be because I think it'd be super entertaining. Okay. And uh, is that series complete? Yeah, that series is is complete. It's five books. All right. So does that complete your uh, ancillary reading? This, yeah. Uh, okay. All righty. Well, in that case, I think we'll uh, be about ready to dive into this week's reading challenge. But before that, we're going to take a quick break. Okay. And welcome back to Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast. We just got done talking about all the other stuff we've been reading, but now it's time for the main event of this episode. Our first reading challenge discussion of 2022. Elizabeth, you were the assignee, or assigner. You were the assigner of the uh, reading challenge. Mm-hmm. Why don't you uh, remind everybody what it was? Yeah, so um, as you guys know, we're doing our challenges a little differently this year. Uh, the book that we, you know, when it's like, for example, when it's my turn to challenge, both of us have to read uh, the assigned book. Um and then if one of and if we both read it, we both get the word count uh, to, counted toward our totals. If one of us does not read it and the other one does, then the person who did read it gets double the word count. Um, so the book that I assigned for our first challenge was Otherworld by Jason Siegel and Kirsten Miller. And it is Jason Siegel from uh, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, I did not realize that until I think about halfway through and uh, I checked to the author's page in the back and saw his photo there. So I, I guess I just presumed that Jason Siegel was me misremembering the actor's actual name, which was something approximate to that. I but totally nope. thought his name was spelled with an A, like like S-E-G-A-L or something. Sure. Yeah, no. And, uh, yeah, apparently this is like the fifth book he's co-written, although it's allegedly his first, like, young adult book. Yeah. Right. Um, I feel like Jason Siegel is, like, a less annoying version of James Franco. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Like, I I feel like Jason Siegel has got his hands in... Well, they came up together in, like, Freaks and Geeks. yeah. And the, that whole, like, Apatow uh, crew. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely, I think, had a, a stronger career trajectory, at least as far as, like, reputation is concerned. Yeah, and, and I guess I just, you know, 
Like, I feel like James Franco, you know, I feel like James Franco and Jason Segel, like, they are both, they are obviously both very intelligent people. They obviously have a wide variety of interests. Um, I just feel like the content that Jason Segel puts out in terms of the different mediums that he kind of dabbles around with uh, is just more enjoyable than the stuff James Franco has come out with. Okay. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. But, um, uh, so, yeah. I'm, I'm only familiar with his, like, roles, at, his stuff as an actor slash writer. Mm-hmm. You, when you mention, like, mediums and stuff, you make it sound like he's, like, gotten, gotten his hands into other stuff. You know, I mean, obviously he's an actor, but, I mean, he also wrote and, I think, directed Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh. Okay, I'm not sure about directing. No, but he yeah, didn't I've, direct it, he, but he, he wrote he's it. Written, he's like gotten writer credits on some of his stuff. Yeah, but he, he wrote it. Um, and so obviously he's a writer. And okay. uh, in terms of his acting, I've, I've enjoyed everything I've ever seen him play. Um, I liked Freaks and Geeks. I liked, how I, met, I liked How I Met Your Mother, or at least I liked his parts. Um, yeah. That movie where he was a uh, Wallace. David Foster Wallace. Yeah. Yeah. That was br- end of the I, tour. That was brilliant. I love that. Yeah, that that's funny. That's like a movie. Sometimes when I uh, show people movies that I like, I always like feel like after the fact a little anxious about it, like I'm forcing my tastes on somebody. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that one is one that, like sort of landed pretty well. Yeah. Especially just for a movie that's basically just like two guys talking for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, I liked him in that one. And, uh, yeah, but uh, today we're talking about uh, the book a book he co-wrote yep. with, uh, what was his co-author's name? Kirsten Miller. Right. And it's called Otherworld. And uh, want me to take up the plot synopsis? Yeah. All right. Well, Otherworld is a a young adult adventure story. It's the first in a trilogy, I believe. And in this first book, the uh, protagonist, a boy named Simon, is uh, trying to help out his childhood friend named Cat, whose stepfather has seemingly gotten her her embroiled into some like corporate conspiracy involving vr like virtual reality technology and Mm -hmm. uh this massively multiplayer online game called otherworld and uh basically events happen and kate becomes trapped in the game and uh through various means uh simon has to go into the game and try and find a way to get her out and he's hopping back and forth between the real world and the virtual one and gradually learning more about this conspiracy that's sort of unspooling around them and uh things come to a head and then the book ends and the rest of the series presumably picks up yep yeah yeah uh, it uh yeah the ending is I felt kind of sudden. Would you say? Yeah, uh, it it is kind of sudden. Um, and I and I, it's kind of sudden. And I also felt like a, a wrench was thrown into something that I don't know that it needed to necessarily be thrown into at that moment. But like, I feel like it could have waited. Okay. Till like the next book. Sure. Alrighty. But, uh, but, you know, that's us just being vague for, with, like, to avoid spoiling anything too severe. Yeah. So, uh, but for the moment, uh, I guess we can just sort of talk about our own thoughts and feelings. So, uh, what did you think of the book? So, when I, I, when, okay, so I read the first hundred pages, um, like, all in one go. And I put the, and okay. I said, so I read, I, I read the first hundred pages and then I set the book down and I looked at Brian and I said, this book is making me ha- feel a lot of emotions. 
Okay. Because I just feel like there is so much happening in the first 100 pages that... I, I had to like I had to like just sit the book down and like process everything I just read and process all the emotions that I just felt before I could come back to it. But then like once I got through those first 100 pages, I felt like my emotional response to the story kind of leveled out. Like uh, anything specific or um like I think we can just go ahead and uh like, without getting too intense, like, especially with, um, like, where endings are concerned, I think we can divulge into, like, early to mid-story spoiler. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. um, you know, so, like, at the beginning of the book, where there's the incident with, uh, with Simon and the Speedo. Oh, uh, okay. You know, like, the, 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 the book starts off with this, uh, this event with Simon and his Speedo, and I feel like that tells you a lot about Simon's background, his his family dynamics, um, you know, how his childhood has shaped him into the person he is today. Uh, I feel like that incident did a lot of good in terms of telling us who Simon is. But then you're introduced to his relationship with Kat, who Simon, you know, admits multiple times throughout the book that cat and my relationship with cat has made me into the person that i am today so then you get okay. this other side of simon that he like just clings to so tightly um and i you know and i was just like oh that's really sweet and then i don't know like it just always breaks my heart in in books or shows or whatever where you know you've got like two people who were best friends and one of them just stops talking to the other one for whatever reason like that just always breaks my heart even if it's for a good reason, like it is in this book. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I just kind of went from being like, Simon's really funny. This is really sad. What the heck is happening? Because then Kat is involved in an accident that puts her into a, um, a conscious but immobile state. Right. And Simon, and then it, and basically Simon feels like his power is taken away from him. Um, because he, he wants to be there for his friend. Uh, you know, the necessary legal paperwork is filed for him to be with her. And then it's just all taken away from him very suddenly. Yeah. Um, so, it like, just within the first hundred pages, I was just like, this guy's really funny. Oh, this is really sad. This is really traumatic. Oh, I feel really terrible for this guy. Wait, what's happening now? Oh, did you feel like the uh, virtual reality stuff came on a bit suddenly? No, you know what? Like all honestly, all of my all of my emotional responses in the first hundred pages solely had to do with the uh with the actual like human interactions that took place yeah. in reality or what we know to be reality. Not Right. That, you know, once he actually like got into other world and, you know, started on his like quest or whatever, I actually felt a lot more comfortable with the story because I was just like, okay, this is something I recognize. You are on a quest. Okay. I can get yeah. behind a so good it, quest. It does sort of oscillate between like a, uh, sort of, uh, a hot, a tense sort of conspiracy thriller in the real world. And then, um, a more conventional, like, like crossing lands, encountering like strange creatures, sort of fantasy, journey in the other world mm -hmm. so they're definitely like alternating modes yep this is a little awkward um i did not find simon to be funny <laughs> oh okay i kind of <laughs> thought he was a little uh edgelord <laughs> <laughs> he was a little what uh i called him an edgelord uh no basically it was like i don't know it was just sort of awkward there's like an early scene where there's a, there's that scene where he's like going to high school and he sees the two like rich girl or like the two uh like mean girls basically laughing at Kate behind her back there's no getting around it he uh revenge porns them basically or does like something a, a tangential to it where like he hacks their boyfriend's phones and like obtains incriminating photos of them to use as, like, blackmail to keep them from bothering Kate. Yeah. And 
I'm not sure that the book thoroughly interrogates that aspect of his character. That uh, this is somebody who could do that, could seemingly brag about doing that in a very, like, assured and confident manner. And then, like, there's a later uh, part of the book that I guess you could argue is, like, less egregious, but all the same kind of plays on a kind of... uh, a kind of skeeviness, basically, wherein he's uh, having an argument with his mom, and he has a kind of leverage over her that, uh, well, while his mom is not being portrayed all that um, flatteringly, uh, the nature of the leverage he has over her sort of plays on, like, her own internalized, like, bigotries, basically, mm-hmm. and self-hatred. It's... You, do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, and so these are... I don't think that the book is, like, exceedingly, like, glorifying him, but I do feel like there are elements of his character that aren't taken to task in a way that I would find more, like, sort of satisfying mm-hmm. for a uh, story that is seemingly built around this guy's sort of character arc. Yeah. So I was just, uh, I just had some difficulty reconciling that. And uh, also, you know, I'm I'm just going to have to be frank. I don't read all that much young adult fiction. I've enjoyed some of what I've read, but I do feel like maybe a bias on uh, my end would probably be like feeling like I have to cut some slack to the general caliber of some of the writing with books like these mm-hmm. just because uh, a lot of it is very by the numbers i guess like i hate to sort of like 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 position myself as being above it and i don't i did on uh, on on average or on the whole i would say i enjoyed this book i don't know now that i can say i would i enjoyed it enough to like recommend it or see the series through but there were certainly like parts of the book I found more engaging than others, and on the whole, I didn't have that much difficulty finishing it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's just um, it 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 just wasn't always like my cup of tea. Okay. Um. Well, as a person who has read a lot of young adult, not necessarily in maybe the last two or two three years. But I would definitely say in my 20s and early 30s, well, I mean, I guess I'm still in my early 30s, but, um, but definitely throughout my 20s and, and like the beginnings of my 30s, um, read a lot of young, of young adult books. And the two, and have watched a lot of young adult shows. Um, and the two uh, scenes that you're describing with the Mean Girls and with his mom, those are kind of par for the course. Okay. For, like, those are, like, those, maybe not those specific instances, but um, similar scenes to what you described are gonna happen in a young adult yeah. book or in a young adult show. Okay. Um. So, yeah, like, morally, it might be kind of skeevy, it's maybe not necessarily be the right thing, but then, like, there's a part of, you know, if that's a genre that you read a lot of and or that you, you you know what the formula is, like there's a little part of your heart that's just like, yeah, get them. Because I'm not going to lie. It's like 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 Because I'm not going to lie. Like after you said that, I'm sitting here going, yeah, I probably should have felt, I, sh- I probably should have thought he was a kind of a bad person after that. But that's not how I felt when I was reading it. Okay. Well, I mean, I... The sort of the place my mind was going to, as far as like where that kind of characterization is concerned, is the uh, the Magicians trilogy. Yeah, which you, we've both read, and I feel like that book is so much more like about its main characters, like being taken apart, basically, mm-hmm. and like his sort of self entitled like hero complex being like interrogated and taken to task. Yeah. And granted, that book also deals with a lot of heavy subject matter otherwise and not always 
and as graceful or as sensitive as you would want it to be. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it, all the same, it's like much more clear that that is a story about a guy who is very much in the wrong in terms of how he views himself and like the goings on. Mm-hmm. That's a dude sort of grappling, having to come to terms with not necessarily being the main character of a story. On a lighter note, uh, there's another element that um, I'd like to touch on with regards to Otherworld that uh, I think sort of speaks more to my interests and um, I can I can speak to with like a similar authority that uh, you like mentioned with regards to Young Adult. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, as far as gaming is concerned, or video games, I can't say how much these writers know about video games or, like, the kind of theoretical video games that they're proposing, Mm -hmm. which is, like, a fully immersive um, VR MMO. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's, it's all sort of, like, grain of salt, but basically, I... As someone who has played games and has consumed a fairly solid diet of media about games, I can't say how much the writers like were in touch with both how games work and what games appeal to. Mm-hmm. Because there's a big part of this book wherein the game in question seemingly like has the ability to like turn people into monsters yeah and i can get that there's like extenuating factors of the mechanics of the plot and of the uh the nature of this specific game but as far as like broad sort of thematic concerns go it doesn't i'm not sure like how interested they are in games in general and the impact and culture around games specifically Mm mm-hmm but uh, that's that was just me. Um, there, there's certainly plenty been plenty of other stories that have dealt with like people trapped inside video games. Yeah. That uh, it's basically a cottage industry in the last like ten years of anime mm-hmm. of just like characters getting into video games and then just getting trapped. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so there's definitely like. Uh, a basis for comparison there and uh, I'm not I wouldn't say it fully stacks up to um, like other depictions that I've encountered but uh, you do I feel like there's like a more where plotting is concerned a lot of the stuff that happens in the real world feels a lot more sound than some of the stuff they try to pull off taking place in the video game world Mm -hmm. and again that's the sort of thing where like if you're not as deep into like like sort of the design or mechanical like interactions of games or like concepts of games that you might not necessarily be looking for in a story like this Mm -hmm. like I could see this book being like twice as long and just like in terms of adding like elaboration to how everything works that somebody like who's into that element of sci-fi and world building might be attracted to but that might be a bit too uh, ponderous for somebody just looking to write a a young adult series yeah so i yeah I'm, i'm fully like owning to the fact that like my like my critiques are my own and sort of speak to my own biases and such uh, among some of the things that sort of like didn't always have me at my most engaged. Yeah, and see, and uh, me as a person who, you know, is not, I guess, familiar with or has really engaged with like the culture of video games, um, I felt like, see, I felt like if this book had added those elements that you just talked about, that like I would have found it pretty intimidating. Because that's just okay. not something that I am familiar with, and I feel like the like the things that they talked about and the, the you know the things that they chose to describe, I could get behind because, you know, for me I was just like, oh okay, well this is how it works, and 
we can move along with the story now because I have a basic understanding of what you're trying to to tell me, but sure. I think like, if they say, went um, into a greater level of detail, I would just be like, okay, whoa. I don't know that I would have yeah. enjoyed the book as much. Uh, that's uh, that's fair. And I will say that um, there are elements of the plot that especially become relevant, like towards the middle and end point, when um, they do start like fleshing out the nature of the game world mm-hmm. and sort of what's been going on with it. That I think begin to uh, verge it less in the uh, direction of a video game parallel and more basically just in the direction of like an alt of a parallel fantasy world Mm -hmm. and I feel like that comparison sort of is able to uh, stand up like more effectively and I I mean like I said I'm not all that intrigued to see the series through, but I would be interested to know if latter books sort of took up more of that tack uh, going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the book after this is called Other Earth, and then, you know, you said earlier that you thought it was a trilogy, and I was like, I don't think it is, but then I, I looked, and, and it is. It is a trilogy. Yeah, it's, um, it's uh, Other other World, Other Earth, and Other Life. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, if that sounds like it'd be good to you, then by all means, give it a look. Uh, like I said, I wasn't over the moon for it, but I enjoyed it enough to see it through to the end. And, uh... I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think I, I, I think I am interested in continuing the series. All right, then I'll be able to, uh, check with you to see how things develop from there and... See if I want to carry on with it. Okay. I am a little apprehensive that the second book in the series is very much going to have book two uh, problems. Oh, yeah. There, there is a tendency of, like, the middle book of, like, a pre-planned trilogy sort of uh, lagging behind the others. Uh, yeah. I um, Like, uh, you know, I think we talked about... I know we've talked about on the show before uh, uh, the Tierling series... The Tierling series. Yeah, yeah, the Tierling series. I never did finish the second one. Um. Yeah. I, I, well, I finished like I finished the trilogy, and now they've come out with a, at least one other book that like just takes place in like the universe of the Tierling. Yes. Um. But when when I was reading the trilogy, like I almost didn't make it through book two. Okay. I really didn't. I'm glad yeah. I did because I feel like the ending in book three was worth it, but. Book sure. two in the Tierling series was almost a DNF. Well, uh, yeah, I've yeah. All right, well, that's uh, our reading for this week. Um, I think we're about ready to settle up with our numbers here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you got for us? All right. So in the interim, uh, between our last episode and this episode, I have read six hundred sixty-five thousand two hundred and twenty-one words. Um, that brings my word total up to 1,370,473 words, uh, which puts me at 14% of my word total from last year. All right. And so I uh, read, um, let's see, 91,520 words from Neuromancer, uh, 98,623 from Otherworld, and uh, together, that uh, brings my current word total up to 435,905, which compared to this same time last year, even though, uh, even though by this point last year I had read seven books as opposed to five, I'm currently only about 24,000 words shy of last year's word total. I think a lot of that comes down to like last year my reading consisting of just like several like shorter books mm-hmm. but all the t- all the same that is a uh, a uh, a slip in my pacing that i'm gonna have to work towards uh catching up on especially mm-hmm. if i want to get that uh uh like percentage improved uh like goal post keep that in sight yeah yep 
But um, uh, in any way, that's um, our uh, word totals for this week. And uh, so now that just leaves us. Yes. So do you have your percentage for like compared to like your end of the year total from last year? Oh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I uh, didn't think to do that. Oh, um, okay. Let me check real quick. Okay, it looks like I am just, I am 9.8% of the way through my reading from last year. So it's pretty close, because you're at 9.8 and I'm at 14. Right. Uh, that, um, that does, that's, that's the bulk of it. Um, this episode's pretty much winding down. Before we, uh, give everybody the shout-outs, uh, do you want to... Talk about the next reading challenge up on the docket. Yeah, so by the time my next challenge check-in uh, comes around, we will be like firmly in Black History Month. Right. Yeah, so we will be fir- firmly in uh, Black History Month. So um, I chose to I chose a book that I purchased during the hardback cover sale um, at the end of last year that I have not read yet. Uh, and it is by Colson Whitehead. And so my challenge for the next time uh, is for us to read Harlem Shuffle by Colson Whitehead. Okay. That sounds good. I've been looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll be reading that for uh, the reading challenge after next. Again, uh, join us back in a couple weeks when we'll be talking about Neil Stevenson's uh, Snow Crash, mm-hmm. to keep the whole, like, trapped in an online universe train rolling. And uh, before we do that, we of course, we advise you, uh, or we uh, request that you check us out on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, etc., at uh, Your Words Podcast. <laughs> and you can find our website at yourwordspodcast.com. Uh, any other shout outs we need? Yeah, you can email us um, at yourwordspodcast at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, you can email us at uh, yourwordspodcast gmail. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, this episode's been a hoot and a half. Yes, it has been. And I'm looking forward to our next conversation, but until then, we've got a bunch more reading to do. And, uh,. All I really have to say is, bye. Bye.